everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. That's right, it's Unbothered by Ty Rivera. I'm your host, Ty Rivera, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. Usually I used to turn the mic with me when I would do it old school way. I might go back to doing that when I do Unbothered. You know, I really do like Unbothered right now. And I don't know how long this is going to last like this, but I'll try to keep it up for as long as I can because it gives me a chance to really unwind. And I realized that it wasn't the fact that it was video that was bothering me. The problem was that I didn't like doing it the same place as I do my current events videos because then I get more in work mode where unbothered is being in chill mode, you know, and being unbothered or as many of you know, finding your way to unbothered because for, for anybody that hasn't been around for the beginning of the podcast and I'll keep this brief so the people that are true botherinas don't get bored with me saying it, but the, the purpose of unbothered and the way unbothered works is I usually start off with something that bothers me and then I'll talk about it to the point where I'm where I'm unbothered. And so that's what the podcast is about. So sometimes when people are like, well, your podcast says you're bothered and you're always bothered. Well, that's why the beginning intro says that, which one day those people that did that for me are going to get some money because they're actually like family members. I won't divulge exactly who it is but they are like family members and they just recorded that that was a conversation that they were legitimately having and i'm talking about the intro when you hear he says he's unbothered but everything bothers him like that was actually two people that are close to my heart and uh it's perfect for what the podcast especially used to be you know because now I truly have reached the state of being unbothered in general about a lot of things. I'm not saying things won't get under my skin, but a lot of things I've just gotten to the point where I just accept that they are what they are and I enjoy my life. And I wouldn't even say in spite of, cause I don't even think about a lot of those things. You know, I was talking to a friend about it tonight where I was telling him because he was asking me about how long I've been in stand up and doing it for 20 years. And basically the fact that a lot more people don't know about me than know about me now, which like for anybody that's trying to get defensive on my behalf and be like, well, what's he doing or whatever? It wasn't like that kind of conversation at all. It really was a person recognizing that they're standing in front of greatness. And why hasn't this greatness caught on yet? And does it ever bother you that people haven't seen your greatness? And that's the way I took it. And I'm not, you know, you know, if you watch this podcast, you know me. I'm not overly grandiose. I will have fun with certain things and stuff. But I'm very honest with myself about where I am because I don't feel like you can get to where you're going without being honest with yourself about where you're at. It's sort of like if you're driving somewhere. Like, of course, you need to know what streets you're on so that you can either, you know, the GPS picks that up and then tells you how to get there from where you're going. Or if you're, 
you know, using a map, obviously you would need to know where you are. So you need to know where you're starting to get to where you're going. And so with me, I don't think about that now. And I never really gave a lot of attention to that because I've always stayed doing stuff and stayed working. So when you're in the middle of everything and it feels like life is just happening and not in a bad way, but life just has to happen. Like that's where comedy comes from, especially my comedy. There's people that are absurdist or go other routes and they don't have to necessarily go autobiographical, but everything I do is pretty autobiographical. So that takes me living life to actually be able to talk about things. And also when I'm living life, then I can be a happier person to perform for you and a lot of people think that you have to be tortured to be a comic and there were definitely times where I was what you could call in the tortured kind of you know through different breakups excuse me different breakups or different things that have happened throughout me being in comedy for the 20 years that I have but like all of that stuff has been necessary to make me the comic that I am and to get me to this point that I'm at now, which right now is really the best time ever for me just as far as not only the way things are going like with my comedy, but my YouTube and the people around me and the city that I'm in and the way that this city works and the amount of people that I genuinely love on this scene. So I don't have to at all think about anything. And in Vegas, there were a lot of people that I love there too. I don't miss Vegas. I mentioned that today on Facebook and I don't mean it to be shady when I said that. And a lot of people that know me would know the way that was meant, but I don't miss that city because it just wasn't for me. And so when you walk away from something that just in the end, after you try and you in some ways fight for it and you realize that it's just not for you and that has not been a waste of your time because those experiences were necessary too, but to spend any more to spend any more of your time on them would definitely be a waste of your time. So once you, when you know better, you do better, right? So if you know something isn't for you, then it's time for you to just move on and do what it is that is actually for you. So I get to this city and there's so many people I like here and there's so many people that I get here and that also get me. And it's just, you know, the help I've been given by even when I did kill Tony, like Tony really did hook me up in a lot of ways by even putting me on that the two times that he did because it gave me a great push start into being in Austin and people knowing who I am and people actually giving me spots and because there's enough talent here that you have to be grateful for the way that people will hook you up and there's more coming all the time and some of it could stay at home and not at all in a shady way anything that's good I want to see here because there definitely will be enough spots to handle it and with people going on the road and doing stuff like that i don't at all worry about the austin scene becoming overcrowded for me like and i don't mean that in a snotty way or a trying to be full of myself way but it's just not like I, the more good talent we have in this city the better shows are going to be and the more people are going to want to come out to the shows the more people are also going to want to come out for the shows because like mothership is a good example of 
when people actually think there's something to go to and in this case know that there's something to go to because i can tell you honestly as a person in this city if you go to the mothership on any night of the week you are gonna get your money's worth people are not getting ripped off on any level with the comedy experience that they're getting in the mothership so with that being the case people are going to continue to have their ears perked towards austin and then there's the other great clubs like sunset strip and there's also the creek and people are going to start coming out to those too because what's happening is the people that can't get into mothership that just come here in the last minute and decide they want to see a comedy show can't get a get into mothership because everybody's so cool mothership i'm sure in some cases is telling people about sunset and um the creek also people will go to the creek uh, the creek is a great club and so it's the like and like the thing is there's all different levels out there too you know so you can go see people that are on their way up and that's going to be really exciting for people at a point too where people are going to start saying i saw this person at this club and the club won't necessarily be the mothership that they're talking about and so it's kind of like a um a rising tide raises all ships or however that saying goes and that's the same with the comics and the comedy so i don't feel like there's anything for anybody to worry about that's actually good and working on their stuff and not afraid to try some new stuff and go in different directions and see what's available to them as far as comedy goes i um also feel like for me there are things that are happening and I don't know if anybody out there watches Abraham Hicks, but I'm an Abraham Hicks watcher. Um, like I haven't watched her in a long time or him in a long time, however you want to phrase it. You know, some of that part I get a little like whatever with. But um, my thing with Abraham Hicks or Esther Hicks uh, is that there was a point where I was listening to her stuff all the time. And then she literally said in one of her speeches um, like it's time to stop listening to me. And she was talking to the audience. It wasn't like I'm crazy and thinking she was talking to me, but in a sense, she was talking to me because I was the person that was watching, listening to all of her stuff. Cause you know, it's the kind of thing where you can just let it play. And I would recommend it for anybody because I like the way she looks at things. Even if you don't agree exactly with the way that she presents it or, the um the thinking behind it when you see what she's actually saying it's actually really really helpful and i don't think it matters who you are now if you just don't like it or don't like her voice or there's something about it i get that too i'm not trying to say and there's a bunch of people you could listen to i'm sure some people would mention a different personality that they pay attention to but with esther hicks she has this thing where or she literally said, I'll finish that part up. Like, you know, if you're listening to me all the time or whatever, then maybe it's time to actually stop listening to me and kind of get living. Because her thing is less about being proactive or trying to be active and just kind of going with what, you know, what's natural, kind of. That's the way I describe it. And so she has this thing where she says, like, you're in the vortex where you're really just living and doing the things that you're doing. And you'll notice, like, you know, kind of synchronicities or you'll see it's like law of attraction things are actually coming to you. And so if you are a viewer, you know, describe it in the comments the way that you describe 
the you know what the vortex is and that whole the whole Esther Hicks thinking. But my point is, like, there've just been so many things lately that have just timed themselves perfectly, and it's kind of independent of me, and I couldn't have planned them myself. It's just kind of like a, maybe a knowing or uh, being very sure in what is what it is you're supposed to be doing. And so because of these things, like it's little things too, you know, like there was a time when I was getting ready to go on the road. This was like two weekends ago. And I was having a problem with the toilet paper holder in my bathroom and I didn't know how to do it or whatever. And it's, it was loose and it was getting on my nerves. And so I did a thing where I just like jimmied it off of the you know the holder the rack that it goes to because it was loose obviously and so then later on I'm like thinking like how does it work how is it and so I don't have time to take care of it I go to Dallas because I had to perform in Dallas and as I was getting ready to leave for Dallas I saw this little Allen wrench that was like under the cabinet when I was going to get one of my microphones and so I don't know why, but I just put it in my pocket. So this is on like Thursday afternoon or whenever. I, yeah, Thursday afternoon. I put it in my pocket. I go ahead and leave. I do the road. It stays in my pocket. Well, at a point I took it out of my pocket and I put it like in the one of the pockets on my gym bag. And so like I knew that it was there. I kept thinking about it. I don't know why it's there. You know, I'm just like, why didn't you even bring that? Whatever. Why is it there? So then I get off the road. I come home and then I couldn't figure out how to do the thing. And I'd put in a call to maintenance. Well, you know, and I needed also a water filter change, which that they took care of. But like I told, you know, I had put in a thing for maintenance before I even left and maintenance hadn't had a chance to take care of it, but I didn't put it in until Thursday. So it wasn't like maintenance was lacking or anything. It was just, you know, anyway, my point is I get home on Monday or yeah, on Sunday late night and I'm going to the bathroom, not to be graphic, but all of a sudden I knock over the holder. Like I had it and I had it in my hand for a second and then I had it on the bathtub and I knocked it over and at the bottom was a little screw and the little screw had an, you know, was for an Allen wrench. And I was thinking in my head, this this couldn't possibly, because, you know, I have like Ikea shit and so I have different size Allen wrench or I've had, I should say, because like some, I guess, would be in the whatever. Anyway, the point is that one that I had in my pocket that ended up in my gym bag, I was like, let me just try it for the fuck of it. I go ahead and try it. And sure enough, it's exactly what I needed. And then tonight was also a good example, you know, and like I say, it's just small things. I'm not trying to act like, oh, this is amazing. But, you know, if you know anything about me and the way that I work, that's not something I would normally do. I just usually leave it there and be like, whatever, you know, I mean, like, why would I even think about it? I probably wouldn't even like it wouldn't even cross my mind. So then tonight what happened was I um, gone back to smoking cigarettes. I've already, I know I'm not going to get dry socket or whatever. It's been like, you know, at least a month or whatever. And like, I'm doing the, what's it called? Uh, you know, we're already to the point where we're going to be putting my crown in. So I know I'm healed, but anyway, uh, I took a solid two months and did not smoke at all. Not a puff, not a drag, nothing. Anyway, my point is 
tonight. I left my cigarettes in the car by accident. I brought a pack that only had like two cigarettes and I just bought a pack of cigarettes and they weren't really the cigarettes I wanted because at my store that I go to and I'm not going to stop at another store. Um, they didn't have Camel Crush Blue, which is what I smoked. They had the green. And I don't really love the green because they're a little too menthol, but whatever. Um, I had those cigarettes, the full pack, in my center console. And instead, I thought I'd grab those, but I didn't. I just grabbed the one. So we get to a point in the night where I have no cigarettes. Nobody around me has any cigarettes, you know, and so... And I'm not going to ask a bunch of strangers for fucking cigarettes. And I'm an adult and, you know, and it's not a problem either of money. You know, it's $12 to get cigarettes at the what's it called. But I was like thinking like now I'm going to have to go to the ATM. And I do like I'm not broke, but I definitely am cheap when it comes to wasting money on things. I don't feel I should be wasting money on like the ATM fee that I'm going to get charged for using that stupid ATM plus Wells Fargo. I don't know if they stopped it, but back the last time I used one of those ATMs, they had their own fee on top of that. Plus it's $12 for cigarettes. I usually pay $8 for cigarettes, but I know I'm in a bar, so I'm not busting their balls about it. They got to make fucking money. So this is not at all me being like, they should charge less. No, not at all. And so I was also debating because I'm a healthy, strong man that maybe I would walk down to the store and just get some cigarettes at the store. I was hanging out at Creek, you know, I mean, like there were a lot of options. So I go up and do my set and absolutely did destroy that set. And it was on the late night open mic, you know, and I was high because like for I promised myself for 4th of July I would get high and this is the third and so I was I was high and I haven't been smoking weed since South by Southwest which I think is late April or something like that I think that's when it is so anyway here we are I need cigarettes I'm trying to figure out this conundrum in my head I had some singles in my pocket no I had uh ten dollars in my pocket that's exactly what i had was a 10 and uh because i had got it at the grocery store because you know i very rarely care, carry cash so if you're planning on robbing me you ain't gonna get anything but anyway my point is i swear i for a comedian i should be better at telling a story but my point is I get off stage after having my set. I'm thinking the cigarette thing because, you know, after I got off stage, then the cigarette thing is still there. I still need cigarettes. And all of a sudden, this guy walks up to me and he says that, uh, well, first he just stands off to the side like a very polite person, which I wasn't at all trying to blow him off. Just I was having a conversation and he was standing off to the side and I didn't realize he was even trying to get my attention or standing there for my sake. I thought he was standing there because uh, he knew some of the people that I was talking to. So I wasn't on any level trying to like not pay attention to him or big dog him or anything like that. Um, I just didn't realize that he still was talking to me because, you know, like, or because he had said something like right before, like, hi, how are you? Or like, you know, something pleasant, like you would start a conversation. But I was so like focused to go talk to my friend Gareth, which I beeline towards Gareth to tell this particular story or say whatever I was going to say. And then all of a sudden this guy, like, you know, he stands there for a second. I finish the conversation. I get up and he was like, um... It wasn't a long time, you know, like five minutes at the most. And he was like, oh, uh, he was like, I just wanted to tell you that, um, 
you know, that there was a woman that she was leaving and she asked me to give you $20. She said that she liked your stuff so much that she wanted you to have $20. So she gave the $20 to me to give to you. Now, one, super nice of that guy and super honest of him because who knows, me and that lady may have never seen each other ever again in life and I would have never known that she had given $20 to somebody for me. And also, even if she had said it, I wouldn't have known who it was because, you know, I, I'm not going to put it together and get a description and whatever, you know, I'm not going to turn into fucking Columbo over the, I don't even know if Columbo's a reference that you would use in this day and age. But anyway, I'm not going to suddenly go find out who this person is. So very honest of him, very cool. And so like, you know, I'm like, oh, thank you. And I was like, and also thank you for actually getting it to me. And next time I'll buy him a drink because I did get his name. And that also plays into this story. So I was um, I was thankful to him. And then I said, you know, asked him if he's a comic. And he said, yes. And I was like, what's your name? And he said, my name is Hooch. And that is significant and also, again, small coincidence, but lets you know the way things are just running on schedule for me is last night or the second when I went to, which would be Sunday, this is Monday now, well, Tuesday morning, but you know, so the fourth, you guys get what I'm saying here. I'm giving you a timeline. Anyway, um, Sunday night when I was at the um, cruise show at Mothership, there was a point where my right before I went on stage, Liz Splat, who's a very funny comic and was doing a great job of hosting that crew show. Um, she had um, said that she was going to give a giveaway and she had this little silly chicken, but she said she was going to give give a giveaway. And she was like, can anybody name because she's obviously talking to the audience and she's right about to introduce me. Um, she was like, can anybody name the name of the first comic that went on stage tonight? And the show had been going on for hours, you know, by the time I go on, because it's the way it works is they have the open mic, then they have the um, the employees of the mothership. And then there's the comics like me that go on kind of friends or fam friends and family, for lack of a better term. That's what it would have been at comedy store. And so um, or maybe a drop in. But either way, um, this has been hours into the show and nobody knew. And then one guy yelled out Hooch. He yelled out the it was the name Hooch. And then Liz looked super surprised. And I was like, oh, my God. And apparently that was a name because in my head at first I was thinking we don't even have a Hooch. It was like on Mean Girls when they're like, she doesn't even go here. It was like that kind of like, you know, because I never heard the name Hooch before. And, you know, I'll find out Hooch's story and how long he's been in town. Super nice guy, super honest guy. But again, just a huge coincidence because I wasn't in the room for that long the night before. And then that happens to be the name that I hear. And at first that name kind of triggers the fact that I've never heard of that person. And I don't even believe it's a real person. And then that's the person that gives me the $20. And when he gives me the $20, now I have $30 on me. I don't have to worry about the ATM. I can just go ahead and get my cigarettes that are $12 in that what's it called because thankfully to this lady which whoever you are you are a guardian angel and I don't care what your exes say about you you are not that 
That's what I know. And also your neighbors and your coworkers, if they have anything to say, you tell them to check with me because they are really playing on an angel's time if they're talking about you. So um, very grateful to you. There I get my, what's it called? So I go to the bar and I ask the bartender for change, which gives me a chance to tip the bartender because they have their own water set up and I very rarely drink anything at the bar and there's literally no reason for me ever to tip anybody, even though I will try to find excuses. But like a lot of times, because I never interact with the bar on any level other than just saying hi and stuff like that, I'd look weird just doing and plus like i said i never have cash on me sometimes i'll ask them to charge me for something so that i can tip them but i'm also not at all taxing on them in any way so like you know it's what it is on that even though like i don't know maybe i should just walk in with cash uh, like every time just plan on it just to tip them because they're really good to me at the creek and like i said i don't even like work them in any way so maybe that's a lesson i learned tonight too is that like every time i should walk in with some cash especially at creek in the cave because they're staff anyway so the point is um i ask for change i give um the bartender brandon i give him five bucks for giving me change i buy cigarettes using my ten dollars that i had in my pocket and then two dollars of the change and then I'm um, hanging out. I have a great night. There was something that got on my nerves a little bit, but I refuse to concentrate on anything that doesn't make me happy right now. So that story, uh, that part of the story, I'm not really going to go into. But I'll just say there was somebody that got on my nerves because one thing people don't understand in certain situations is that when it comes to these clubs, whether you realize it or not, if you're a comic in Austin or a comedy a comic anywhere, these businesses are in some cases multi-million dollar and in even the least case probably a million dollars like in what any of these businesses are worth like and I don't mean just the comedy clubs when I'm saying like the lower end like even if you're in a dive bar and there are certain things that people will do that even if they don't realize it could possibly risk licenses or just bring attention on these businesses that you don't want when you're out of business especially as an adult especially as a comedian you really do want to conduct yourself in the most professional way possible to a degree like you know we all let our hair down and we all have a good time at places like the creek and everybody knows that and everybody expects that and everybody accepts that even as far as people drinking and stuff like that like that's what it runs on it's a bar and so i'm not at all saying that nobody should have a good time there everybody should have a great time everybody should have the best time there but if i ever point something out because i care so little about anything if i ever tell somebody that doing something isn't a good idea it's definitely for a reason and not just because i'm trying to flex on somebody or i'm trying to make some non-existent point it really does have something behind it and i had asked somebody specifically not to do something and then they chose to do it anyway and not and the first time they did it i treated it like it was you know an honest mistake which is what it was and it was silly and i just laughed and i was like don't do that you know you make the block hot and i was being silly like that you know, because um, I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't mad and I wasn't trying to flex in any way, but just that wasn't a smart thing to do in that moment. And also it just kind of was going to mess up the vibe. 
and the patio of the creek is a hundred percent vibe like it really is like good people like you know and so um this person disrespected that in a couple of different ways like after i said it and there were points where they thought i didn't know that they were disrespecting it but i could hear it going on and so I, you know, did have to tell somebody that like, we're just not for each other because like, I won't snitch on you and I'm not going to make a big thing of it. If you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing that could possibly turn into a situation, but I will make sure that from that point forward, after I've told you something, uh, told you about a situation like that and you chose to do it anyway, I will make it a point to never be around you. So even when you think you're being cool or you're not doing anything, I still don't want to be around you because I know you make bad decisions and I know that those bad decisions could lead to consequences that would negatively affect not only my life personally, but what's going on. Uh, what's going on in the Austin comedy scene and kind of like the ecosphere. So it's your decision to do whatever you decide to do, but I will definitely choose to not be around people that do things that I can't stand behind or I feel are going to be detrimental to not only myself, but something that I really do love. Because what's going on in this city is so great right now. And like I said, there's so many great talents uh, and that's the right way to say it. I almost, I was going to say comics, but there is just a lot of talent in this city right now and a lot of opportunity. So anybody that's messing that up, I know even without my help is going to end up being extracted, extracted in one way or another. And that's more than likely going to be because of things that they're doing to themselves. Because I've heard nobody in this city talk about blacklisting anybody or blackballing anybody. But what you can do is you can individually mess up everywhere you go and make it so at a point nobody wants you around. And the thing is, some of the people that are doing this, because it's not just about this one person, it's like, you know, you'll see it here and there and it's very rare here in austin and i'm not subbing on anyone or like what's it called that story just happened and i let that person know like we don't have a problem and i'm not I, it's not like i don't like you it's just like i know that we're not the type of people that are really going to hang out you know and because like at first they asked me to explain and i tried to explain to them but they kind of tried to act like there was an argument to it or a, like you know another way that they could like make it so their behavior was justified and that's when I just confirmed like, yeah, we're just not meant to hang out. Like if you don't understand what it is I'm saying and why it is I'm saying it, I'm cool with that. But we're just not meant to like be buddies like that because if a person like me that's been doing stand up and in comedy clubs for the last 20 years is telling you that you shouldn't do something, it's because you shouldn't be doing it. So when you not only choose to continue to do it but do it excessively, then I know that you aren't going to get it and I just don't want to be around that. And so I was able to easily like weed that out. But my point is like there is so much good going on that like you don't want to get caught up in that. And I definitely won't. Y'all let that just be what it is and figure itself out because things will figure themselves out with or without my help and so i prefer it just be without and i just exist doing the things that i need to be doing which are on the right track which again goes back to 
if choosing to put down a boundary and not have certain people around me is what's the best thing that I should be doing or I know that I should be doing internally, then that's just what I have to do. And I don't really think about that later or have to go back over it. And it's been, you know, only one person so far that I've had to do that with here on the Austin scene. And I don't really anticipate it happening a lot because everybody here seems to have a common goal and they have different ways of getting to it. But everybody does seem to understand that we are trying to go for something in this city. And really, it's ours to lose because it's already happening. And that is in no small part to Joe Rogan. When people, you know, uh, mention Joe Rogan and, you know, the outside world, which I mean outside of Austin, because like in Austin, I don't hear people saying negative things about Joe Rogan. Um, but like when you hear things like say in the media or people have a particular opinion of him on Twitter or whatever, if you see what he's done for this city and what he's done for comedy in general, and this city being a real product or byproduct of what he's done. And I don't mean the city itself, Austin. Don't take it like me. I love this city, and I'm not trying to say this city didn't exist before Joe Rogan. This has been a fucking amazing city forever. But when it comes to the comedy side of it, and yes, I do know that, and yes, I'm being sincere when I say that because I've been hearing about Austin as a city forever. But as far as the way that he's put the comedy in Austin on the map, and really brought that to a place where people like me, like really, because otherwise I would have never considered Austin because I never thought of it as a comedy city like that. I always heard it was a great city because I would hear about Velveeta Room. But like, you know, we can all agree that the level has just been like really, it just has really taken it to a different level with the comedy part. And so like, um... Being like to me, like being grateful to Joe Rogan isn't at all like me mentioning that even isn't like a kiss ass thing or um, any kind of like because what's the chances Joe Rogan would listen to my podcast, especially since it, I don't promote it really. Um, I just I guess I get in a weird spot here because this is where people like if you say something good about somebody that's really done something big, then people will get like, you know, oh, you're trying to fanboy over Joe Rogan and that kind of thing. And it's like, no, but you can't help but respect when somebody has actually really changed the face of something and also given so many people an opportunity to make something because even if you're not in at the mothership, you know, and this is something that I've been telling, like, you know, the comics that I actually like and I, you know, because some of them, they're just, you know, they haven't got a shot to be at the mothership or they're just not there yet. And so mothership isn't going to book them. And so it's like there's so many opportunities that have been provided from the way that things have played out because of the mothership that you can't help but thank the person that actually facilitated it for helping it mutate into this thing that it's turned into 
where there are so many opportunities and so many different avenues and you can figure out your way if you're paying attention to what it is you're doing and not getting caught up in the side stuff, you know, the the bullshit of it all. You know, you just keep your head down and keep working. And this city is also small enough that word gets back to everybody about everything. So if you're doing well in this city, people are going to hear about it. And so it's just for me, it's it's such a great and exciting time. And there's so many different ways for me to be grateful that when my friend earlier tonight asked me about like how I feel about where I am in my career and stuff like that. At this moment, I could not be more grateful for the way that everything is. And there's things that I personally need to be working on, like when it comes to time management. I haven't always been the best with that, and sometimes I get really bad with it, but I need to be more on it with that. When it comes to the gym, I went ahead and joined another gym uh, because I I'll always keep Planet Fitness because there's so many of them off the beaten path, but it really is a soccer mom gym. So when, and by that I mean there's not a lot of free weights, it is mostly machines, and you don't really get to work out the way you can with free weights, which is where I also excel. And people have built some great bodies in Planet Fitness, so I'm not saying there aren't some really great bodies there and that people can't do that, but for me, I prefer free weight. So I always have to have a Planet Fitness membership and then a gym that I belong to that's either local, like in Las Vegas, it was LVAC, Las Vegas Athletic Club. I'm going to renew with them just to have it because I'm going to be there for Skank Fest and it's like $10 a day to work out there. And I'm sure I'll end up working in Vegas at some point. Again, I don't hate the city. I mean, like I'll definitely do like Laugh Factory there or something like that. I just haven't hit Harry up. But um the what's it called um like i pay 120 dollars for the full year though so it's 10 dollars a month so there's no way i'm gonna let go of that you know because i got it because i did two years continuously well i paid two years up front um and then i went for the whole two years i think we were on year three of me being at uh lvac and so um anyway my point is i went to golds and um now i'm going to golds here and like that too is very helpful for me because as a person that sometimes gets bored, like once you join a new gym, then you get invigorated because you've got new things around you. And so like, you know, that's very important to me right now is working out and continuing to take care of my body as much as I do and as much as I can. I do like my body to look a certain way. Anybody that knows my podcast knows that I'm a body dysmorphic. So sometimes I go through phases where I really it's like weird because mine can play either way. And I was talking to somebody else that's a body dysmorphic about this. But sometimes you feel like you can't be skinny enough. And sometimes you feel like it's just impossible for you to get fat because you look in the mirror and you're like, girl, I look great. And that, too, is your body lying to you sometimes because you'll be like, I'm getting fat like the I can feel myself like breathing heavier and you will notice it if you're in tune with your body so like there is that that's very good for me plus I've mentioned this a million times before when it comes to me and working out working out is like my meds so for me um me working out really does take the place of needing meds because I am able to release endorphins. Not only am I able to release endorphins, I really think about everything while I'm at the gym and while I'm working out. And I do a lot of 
like self therapy and when I'm in the gym and when I'm working out, when I'm doing cardio, that's very important too, because then I'm just exhausting my body and really like making myself be able to sleep because sometimes I would have trouble with that. If I wasn't working out like I do and regularly, it will affect my sleep if I don't. And so I just really feel good about where everything is in is where everything is in life. And so like for me to think in any kind of negative way about anything or be in any way that to me would be truly being ungrateful. It's like you're in the perfect city. Everything's going well for you. You're getting spots all the time. Uh, people are hearing about you. You just did the road two different weekends because you don't want to be on the road that much. So you got that out of the way. And now you get to concentrate on creating content, which to me is the most important right now. Even this podcast is important just in the way that I like that it, the people that really love me and really fuck with me the most will get to see my podcast and hear my podcast because I have been doing the sound and I am going to make sure that I continue doing the audio for as long as I am doing this podcast because I feel like you're the people that really fuck with me the most and I feel like it's important for you guys to see the inside and what I'm thinking and not just the opinions of like you know, how I feel about the LGBT community or the way the trans community is behaving right now or whatever, like see the human side to me, you know, like my Bijou, I love my Bijou, my co-host, my Bijou. And I did give them a whimsies, not an alligator, but this other shape that I've noticed is good for both of them. And it occupies Lyndon for a long time. And since he's a puppy, he's still kind of teething, you know, and needs something to occupy that chewing energy. He's a puppy, so he's got a lot of energy. And so, um, but my Bijou like worries me because she really is like she doesn't worry me but I'm just very aware of her you know and I noticed that she is not winding down trust me she's not winding down she's still a baby and still gonna live forever but she definitely is switching gears and downshifting a little bit and I know that that bothers me partly because as much as um, well, I wouldn't say as much because I think anybody that really pays attention to my social media or like hears me, um, you know, talk about Bijou or knows about Bijou, which is pretty much anybody that knows me on any level at this point, um, knows that Bijou is my actual spirit animal. There's like, I got Lyndon and he's great and he's a puppy. He's not always great. He's a puppy. And, um, but he's cool and we're figuring it out. But, uh, when it comes to Bijou, just from day one, she's always been so in tune with me and it's a real, um, a real special thing that is between me and Bijou. And I truly do feel she's my spirit animal. So uh, it does, you know, bother me because like spirit animals, once they go, you probably ain't going to be around too much longer yourself. And I would never, never, I'm not saying anything about self-deleting or I'm not even, you know, when Bijou goes, I would not do that. But like, I think that whoever sold her to me actually sold me a little bit of a ticking time bomb in that she fucking will decide when I go to. But, you know, you pay 50 bucks, you get what you get. And I don't really know that I would have a problem with that because I don't 
see myself living in a world without Bijou. She's just truly, truly, truly my my one and only. Um, but she's not. I don't think she feels the same way, honestly. <laughs> I mean, like, I think she's just kind of like, yeah, you, you cool. You keep keep the treats coming, homie. Well, I mean, I know she loves me more than that, but you know, I mean, like, she's uh, <laughs> she's well. That probably explains why she's really my spirit animal, because we in some ways have that in common. It's just she's my real um, my real one. Um, but yeah. And so, you know, this is where life is at right now. And it really is great. And I know I'm saying that a lot on this episode, but I tell you guys about the bad times, you know, and uh, my botherinas, I think you more than anybody else, my true botherinas, you deserve this one because you guys have really had to listen to me bitch about some stuff. And I'm not saying I'll never bitch again. And I'm not saying life's just perfect from here on out. No, that's not at all the way I'm coming at it. And if I wanted to, like I said, I'm sure I could look at it and be like, there's things that aren't perfect now. But why would you do that when everything is going so well? Why not just pay attention to the things that really are going well? And to share that with you for me is definitely like I think a treat for both of us is for me to be able to say this. And, you know, like even my friends are doing so well, like the friends that you guys don't know about, like the comics as well. You know, I'm seeing a lot of my comic friends do doing really well. And then comics are coming into town and I'm getting to catch up with them and see what they're up to. And then some of them are moving here. And those have been friends of mine for a long time that are like talking about moving here or thinking about moving here. And so um, but like when it comes to my gay friends, which I rarely talk about them but I have definitely talked about them before. There's two in particular that I absolutely like. They are just my real crew and their names. Um, we'll just say the first names. Derek and Thomas are just my girls. Like when it comes down to it, they are my bitches like and they're killing it in life. And so it's great to see that too. Like Thomas just got to move to another state, which really does fuck me because, you know, he's my friend, my friend, and it's been years now. And when I go to Phoenix, he's a part of like what, you know, I look forward to in Phoenix is we'll get to hang out. We'll go to a club or we'll go get something to eat. And neither of us are big drinkers anymore. So it's not like we go out and really get wild. Last time I drank was with Thomas and I probably had like six beers or something, but it was over enough time that, you know, I didn't get drunk. And it was like not too long ago, even though like I really don't drink anymore, but it was just it was just felt right and it was good and it didn't get at all out of control or like it was just a good good time and then uh but like I've seen him go through hard times and not I wouldn't say financial hard times because he's always kept himself like really going like as far as work goes but as far as like what he's been through and how he's had to build himself back up from like what for some people 
could be kind of a low point in life, you know, a breakup and, uh, you know, like getting kind of screwed over. And I don't mean kind of screwed over. Like, honestly, I say kind of screwed over because I was also best friends with his partner. Like we were all like always together. I used to joke all the time that I was their third wheel and I would spend like every holiday that I was in town or whatever. I definitely spend that with them or at least a good part of it with them. And we would go on trips together, like, you know, San Diego a couple of times. And we were, we're real friends, you know, as a couple, like, you know, I was real friends with them as a couple, and technically, I knew the guy he was with, his partner, for longer than I've known him. That's how I met him was the way we're together. And, and no shady stuff. So anybody that's thinking that, like, you know, me and Thomas fucked around or like it was n nothing like that. Just friends the whole time, you know, because I'm not like that. Like with my friends, I really am happy to see them with who they're with. And I would never be like the cheating you know, friend on the side or nothing like that, you know, but just I saw what went on from third party because the way I work when my friends break up is I don't take a side like it's unfortunate that that got that happened to you guys. There was one point when they were getting ready to break up and I patched them up. And I even because it was Christmas time and I did tell them and I got to admit this is selfish of me, but I literally did tell them like, you know, you guys are not going to ruin my Christmas. You guys are not breaking. <laughs> it was around Christmas time and they were having a real hard time and they were going to break up. They were right on the brink of breaking up. And literally, I told both of them that. And <laughs> I was like part joking, but also part serious. Also, because I knew that they weren't done and I knew, you know what I mean? Internally, I knew because I am a very empathic person. That's why I choose not to be around a lot of people. But I could feel what was going on and they had been together for years already. And like, you know, I think my my I can't remember if it was a year that I was able to keep them together after that or that kept them together after or two years, but it was, you know, a significant amount of time that I was able because, you know, like it turned into a thing where we all went to dinner and like hung out and it was natural. It wasn't me trying to be a counselor in any way. It was just me being the great person that I am to tell you the truth, which like I don't always talk about that, but I am kind of a great person when it comes down to it. I have a good energy and I know that I can use that energy and I have a strong energy and I know that I can use that to like, you know, help in situations you know because that's what I did growing up with my mom and dad in a lot of ways even though it wasn't like ever verbalized it was just from being me and so I know the part that I can play in certain things and so um I really was like I really was rooting for them but I could keep seeing how the friend that I had been with longer was like screwing the other over at certain points and sometimes just not paying attention to him in the way like you know not treating him and as like a partner but treating him more as like you know almost like a you work for me type of vibe which I don't like mean to sound bad but it's like you know there was it was just off you know the way the dynamic worked and the way that my friend kind of took advantage of the dynamic um, wasn't the best and then there were ways after they broke up that my friend outright screwed over my other friend screwed over Thomas you know like really did there's no two ways about it if I were to tell anybody which I'm not going to go into their business um, any more than I already have 
but um <laughs> but he really did like screw him over like it just it was a matter of fact and i still was staying friends with both because hey not my business that's between them whatever whatever but there was a point where it just was like yeah you just keep being a terrible person and you guys have been broken up for long enough that you really should have at some point gotten to like a healthier place with this and you're still trying to make me not be friends with the other and you're still not getting that you really are fucking up and so there was a point where I did get annoyed for my own reasons outside of that just from seeing a particular other side of my friend that I got like yeah just all around you're not a good person and so I had to cut the friend off and I'm not closed off to ever being friends with that person again but I think it would honestly take years and I don't think that person from the way that I know them is capable of that kind of change. I don't think they're ever going to be self-aware or honest enough with themselves to understand how it is they messed at least those parts of that situation up because, you know, when it comes to relationships, I still stay out of that part. Like, you know, I'm more talking about like the after and the way that it was handled because had that never been handled that way where you know it had been a year or even two years past them not being together that one is still trying to fuck over the other and I hadn't seen that with my own eyes I wouldn't have had an opinion about it you know I just would have let them leave that in their past in the way that I don't ever get involved with it or have a feeling about it because for whatever reason they broke up and that was what was best for them but there was a point where between seeing that and seeing the other side of my friend that I was just like yeah I would not want to continue being friends with the person like you and so I had to cut that friendship off which believe it or not did actually hurt me because I really did love my friend too and I kept hoping he would turn it around but when a person's been a particular way and you've tolerated it for longer than you probably should have because like even back before for the entire friendship there were always red flags with this friend where I was like yeah I don't really know if I like that part of you and even the way he would treat other people would just be like I, I really don't stand behind this type of behavior but you just keep thinking they're going to get better and they're going to do better and because they're so good to you because you know he was always good to me even though he'd be really terrible to other people but it still didn't feel good for me seeing the way that he would be with people sometimes or in certain situations there was like a lot of instances because we were friends for a lot of years and I kept it to myself and I wouldn't expose it now either because there's no reason to throw anybody under the bus and like I said I don't want to concentrate on negativity but my point is um, my friend Thomas just like built him up himself up so much and made so many like amazing moves in just the way that you know he handled it all and he got himself in a really nice nice situation makes a lot of money um just gets to really enjoy life go to concerts like living literally his best life and now has decided to move to another city that's going to be even better for him 
than this situation that he had in Phoenix because he's originally from Phoenix and he's also getting to spread his wings and he's going to get to see like a different city and be around different guys and meet different people and he's doing it all in the best way possible you know because he obviously got another job that's paying him even better than the situation he had built himself up to which was such a great situation and he did it all because he just let go at every pass and at every pass he was the bigger person he was the adult in every situation and there were times where I would hear things that my other friend had done to him like you know out of spite um not physically you know what I mean but out of spite just legal maneuvering and trying to like really mess up his life in certain ways and all under the guise of because I love you and you should stay with me or should have stayed with me. It was all a punishment. And just Thomas, just with all of it, which would turn a lot of people where like, you know, I'm going to do something bitter and sh shitty back. I'm going to fuck them over too. I'm going to get in a legal battle with them and I'm going to make their life as miserable as they're making my life. I could see somebody doing that. And because they were intertwined in a way, he really did have the wherewithal to be able to do that and the rights to be able to do that even if like i said they just ended up in a deadlock which is what was going to happen and he was smart enough to just be able to see that which when i would listen to him talk about things and the way he would talk about things i knew that he was being very logical and level-headed just me being the way i am and a little more toxic and now, like I said, I'm growing out of all of it. But like, you know, at different points, thinking of what the younger me would do or the me that was in that particular situation might do. And But I just kept my mouth shut. I never told him like, you know what you should do instead is you because I'm not that friend. And especially if I see that you're on a track and you're just figuring shit out, I'm not going to get in there and try to tell you what you should be doing because it looks to me like you know exactly what you should be doing. You don't know what I would be doing in that situation, but... Maybe if I'm being honest about it, you're more adult than I am. And anything that I would say that would be against you continuing to conduct yourself in the way that you've already been conducting yourself would on some subconscious level be me hating because you're handling it better than I would handle it. So why would I get in and say anything? So I never did that. And because of the amount of let go that he had and just being like, I'm not going to give a fuck. I'm going to worry about what I'm doing. I'm going to worry only about what I need to be doing. And I'm going to let everything go. And in the best way possible, he just let every single thing go and has found himself in such a great situation and not found himself in such a he's created such a great situation for himself that it really is inspiring to watch. And between the things I see with him and between the things I see like my other friend, Derek, which one day we'll talk about her. Not as remarkable, but she's there just playing. Derek is also amazing. And like I could go into it about him, too, but I ain't gonna. Sorry, Derek. I love ribbing Derek, but Derek is my boy. He knows it. And we talk to each other on a different way and we're kind of catty with each other. And me and Thomas are catty with each other, too. Oh, trust me. Um, I would talk about Derek more in a bad way. 
Um, but I only have a few minutes left on this episode of Unbothered. And so I, I just want to say, like, you know, honestly, between Thomas and Derek and then everything that's happening on this scene and all the things that I've mentioned and like the little coincidence that may sound silly to you, but there's been a lot more of them. I mean, like I could at some point maybe just keep writing them down and maybe that's what I'll do for an episode and like let you guys see the way that everything seems to be working in synchronicity. Well, it doesn't seem to be everything is working in synchronicity. And so everything is great. And that's how I stay positive is just by the proof is in the pudding and the entire world around me is great. So why would I pretend it's anything else? And why would I waste any time trying to convince myself it's anything other than as great as it is? Anyway, this has been Ty Rivera, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. I hit my lips with that. Stay unbothered.